Love Thank you, sir. You, Pastor. God bless you. Well, I thought I was going to have to get a hold of the rail to get up tonight. But uh, that wouldn't be too bad, would it? It's sure good to be back this evening. Um, what a privilege to share the Word of God to each of you. We all have different backgrounds. A number of people reared in good homes, strong homes, Christian homes, and they've been highly blessed of that. And you young people, if you have a family and you're being reared in a good home, you ought to thank God every day. Amen. A lot of people that sit in our churches, that sit in the pews, we don't know how they're hurting. A lot of them were reared in homes of drugs and alcohol and some uh, molested and all of those things. Uh, but uh, I'm glad that the power of God is able to reach down in the midst of all of us and save us from our sins. Amen. And then you are appreciated what God's done for you. I am preaching on the home, and uh, I want you to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to lay a little bit of a foundation and then I'm going to deal uh, with that that I feel God would have me to deal with that would be helpful, but I want a background. And, uh, and so I'm going to begin in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. I said last evening that the home is the most important thing in this community. The next most important thing in this community is this church. And the preaching and the teaching are the word of God than that that you're getting through your pastor. And I bless the Lord for that. And, and I hope you'll be faithful to your church. And be faithful to stand with your pastor as he leads you. And uh, I've just blessed the Lord for that. But so goes the home, so goes the church. So goes the home, so goes the community. And as the home goes, so does our nation go. And our nation is in big trouble. That's the reason why that there's never been a time when you need your Bible because it's the pure word of God. If you got a King James Bible, it's the pure word of God and you need a consistent prayer life. So I want to emphasize that because there are many Christians uh, truly born to the Spirit of God that they're not faithful to their Bible and they're not faithful to their prayer life. And I would that that would not be so with you. I'm reading verse 1 of chapter 1 of the book of Genesis. And the reason for this is I want, to, I want you to see the importance of this particular chapter. The Bible said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now this chapter has 31 verses. And 32 times in this chapter, the Bible speaks of the word God. If a person does not believe in Genesis 1, 
until they come to the point that they believe in Genesis 1, they'll never get saved. Everything begins with God that's good. Everything. It doesn't make any difference what it is. It all has to begin with the Lord. So I encourage you to, to stay with that. So you have the creation of the earth. And then I want you to look at verse 12. The Bible said in verse 12, And the earth brought forth grass and herbs, yielding seed after his kind. I think that's important. Everything after his kind. After his kind. And that's true we'll find in all things. And the tree yielded fruit whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And that's true concerning human beings. We're born after our kind. I, I talked to a nurse, a good nurse, and I said, have you come across any of these people that's tried to change their gender? And that nurse said, she said, I've come across two. One of them was a, had been changed to a woman. And she was in the hospital because she was so confused that she wanted to be changed back. And it's impossible for that to happen. Now, the most confused, the most demotic thing that I know on earth, it would be something like that. And then she said, I saw another one, and this particular person had had a change. Uh, to a man, and they had, they had tried to commit suicide. So God made man and woman. He made a woman for a man, man for a woman. And anyone that tries to refute that, they are actually so confused that it has to come from the devil. All right, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I think it needs to be pointed out. God is pleased with life. God's the only one that can give life. There's no life that's going to last except that those that go to hell is going to suffer forever and forever in the lake of fire. But if you want true life, Come to Jesus. Amen. Verse 21. I want you to look at that, if you will, please. Verse 21 of chapter 1. I'll get there in a moment. And God created whales and ever-living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Everything that God did was good. I hope you don't get bored with this, because I want to lay this foundation 
everything that's good, young people, and older folks like me as well, it has to come from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above. It comes from God. So anything that's good, it has to come from the Lord. And when people begin to hate God, they are in serious trouble. All right, watch this now as we move on. So God then in verse number seven of chapter two. I'm going to move on and uh, look, at, look at verse number seven of chapter two. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. I want to say a little something about your soul. Do you know and realize that the only thing that you really have is your soul? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to keep it for yourself? Do what you want to with it? If you do, you're going down the wrong road. But if you'll bring your soul to Jesus, and if you'll turn from your sins and repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord, then God will save you from your sin. All men are born sinners. And we won't have time to preach Genesis 3. But if you took Genesis 3 out of the Bible, most of the Bible would make no sense because of the fall of man. But I'm glad I have a soul, aren't you? And I'm glad that my soul, my body, and my spirit belongs to the Lord. Or my spirit, soul, and body belongs to the Lord. Man can destroy our body, but he cannot destroy our soul. All right, let us, let us move on. Verse 26, verse 27 of chapter number two. Chapter number two. No, chapter number one, isn't it? I'm sorry. Didn't look at my notes, and I guess I had a senior moment. <laughs> See, there's some benefits <laughs> to getting old. You can just blame it on your age. But you young folks, I wish I was your age and know at your age what, to, what I know now. I'd have done a lot better with things, I think. But let me say this while I'm right here. Now, you can take advice, you can take counsel from a godly person and somebody that's serving the Lord while you're young, and you may think it's awfully foolish. But if you think it's foolish and you go down the foolish road, you're going to find out that you'd have been a wise young person if you had followed the person that walks with God and lives for Jesus. Where it be your parents, where it be your pastor, where it be some godly Sunday school teacher or whoever it may be. Now when I preach sometimes, I'm not at the best of just staying with the subject. All right, look at verse 26. Pastor made a mistake and said, take as much time as you need. All right, watch verse 26. 
And God said, let us make man in our own image. You're made in the image of God. You are a special person. God has a purpose for you. Doesn't make any difference about your background. You are a special person to God. The devil will tell you that you're not special. And the devil will tell you that God hates you. But young people, I want you to know you are special to God and he has a purpose for your life. And that's true with us that are, uh, that are maybe middle-aged and even my own personal self. God has a purpose for me right now in my life. Isn't it good? From the beginning to the end, God has a purpose for you. After our likeness, God said, I made man after our likeness, and I let them have dominion. And God put the earth. Adam was over the earth. I'm reading verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And we're going to get to that part that God has a role for your life. Will you be a young man? Will you be a young lady? God has a special role for your life. And I hope we'll take counsel from what the Lord has got to say about this particular matter. All right, I'm coming to verse 7 in chapter number 2. Chapter number 2, verse number 7. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You have a living soul. So what are you going to do with your soul? What is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose what? His own soul. That's what the Bible said. What has he profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? My pastor, Brother Plemons, said that he read where Warren Buffett said, Mr. Buffett said, I've got more wealth than I know what to do with. I don't, I'm so wealthy. And he wasn't bragging, maybe. But he said, I'm... So wealthy, I don't know how much wealth that I have accumulated. So much. He bought pilot oil out of Tennessee. One of the biggest corporations there was. There is in this nation. But you know what he said? He said, now I'm an old man. He said, I'd give everything I own. You better listen to this, young folks. I'd give everything I own if I could use what I have, what I own, to add some more years to my life. But I'm going to tell you that I know one that can give you eternal, everlasting life. And when you leave here, it's going to be a lot better than it is here. How in the world can you turn that down? How in the world can anyone turn that down? Oh, your soul, folks, I'm telling you, is so important. 
so important. Now, God gave Adam responsibility. You young people need to take responsibility. We all need to take responsibility. I still have responsibility. You don't teach your children to take responsibility. You're raising probably a child that's going to maybe be a thief. We, this country is eat up with people that do not want to work. I don't have any respect for a person that will not work. Did you know the Jew believed that if you didn't teach your children to work, didn't teach them a trade, something they could, they believe you were raising a thief. I believe that's probably right, according to the scriptures. Well, we go on, and another thing, God has given us some commandments, and God has given us some opportunity to make choices. With that done, I'm coming to the 18th verse of the second chapter of Genesis, and I'm going to do these verses and try to give you something that will help you about marriage, about the home. And as the pastor said, it's got to be good for anyone that's here. It's the word of God. One of the problems we have in our independent Baptist churches in this day and this hour, we want to ch cherry pick the Bible. We want to take the part in the Bible that we like and act as if the other is not in there. Amen. You can't go that road and be a person that walks with God like you ought to walk with God. Amen. And you'll give, you'll give an account for it one day before the Lord. You got accountability to your parents, accountability on the job. We do not want much accountability anymore. Isn't that right? We reject our law enforcement people. Don't want them to have any power. But I'm telling you, we need to respect responsibility and take it. Take it. All right. So Adam has come along and God said in verse 18 of chapter 2, and I left out a lot, as you know. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmeet for him. You know, when I met my wife, Sue, I talked a lot about that last night. And I'm kind of self-conscious of that. I don't want to make my preaching about myself or about my family. But I really needed her, and you know, I knew I needed her. But you know, when I found out the most that I, when I married my wife, that I needed her so much, it was after she was gone. That's a strange thing to me. But when I was in Georgia, and God told me that I was to go home and look after my wife and care for her, you know what else he told me? He told me, he said, one day you're going to go home to an empty house. And when you go home to that empty house, I want you to know that you've took care of your bride. And I'm going to say this to you men. 
if you've married a woman, she's special. And I want to tell you something. If you mistreat your wife, you ought to get right with God. Amen. Amen. A man that mistreats his wife has got some serious problems. And I'm going to flip the coin. If you don't treat your husband right, ladies, you got serious problems. This is a partnership. God said it's not good that man be alone. God has built a home for Adam and the wife that he's about to have. The home is the foundation of the church and the foundation of this nation. Foundation for your children. Watch what he says. What does he mean when he said it's not good? Man be alone. And then he said, and out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called them and called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Isn't it amazing how smart Adam, and, Adam was? Named every animal. Gave every animal a name. Now, I want you to notice that that word help me means that that man is going to marry one woman that is suitable. If you marry in the Lord, you married a woman that is suitable. You married a woman that will meet your needs and you need to, first of all, meet her needs in every way. Jeez. And, and you know, some people think this, that a woman is not equal with a man. That's not so. She don't have the same role as the man. But she's equal with a man in marriage. Now, fellows, I want to tell you something. You may can marry up, and she may be smarter than you are. She might know how to look after money better than you do. She might ought to be the banker, and you might ought to be sweeping the floor. But don't. You know, I'm glad my wife's not here. <laughs> that, that's not too good. It's just what I said, is it? <laughs> Slip of the tongue, okay? All right, watch this. Watch this. We're to be partners. We're partners. God gave her as a help me. She's a partner. She's not to be left out of everything. You ought to... Live as if you have one mind as much as possible. Partners. She's a helper. She's the most important thing in your life. 
A man, fellas, you listen to me? Girls, you listen to me? Young man, you're just half of a man, even when you get 21, until you get the woman that God has got for you, and then you'll be a whole man. See, I'm a half a man now because my other half is in glory. She's with Jesus. You're just a half a man till God gives you, and then you become two becomes one. You can have children, but you should never let your children come between mom and dad. You should love your children, but if you turn from one another and just love your children, forget your mate, when they're gone, your life's going to be miserable. But our life was not miserable. We loved our children. A lot of people need this instruction because I have preached long enough and pastored long enough that I know there's many people that need this. So, Sue was my companion. I was her companion. A lady told me after Sue passed, they were good friends. She told me, she said, I never heard her say one derogatory thing about you. She said, we spent a lot of time together. And you know what she said? She said, you was her man. And girls, this is the way you ought to marry. You know what she told me after I married her? She said, I didn't want to marry a boy that was going to be a boy. I wanted to marry a man, and I got one. Amen. Amen, girls. Let God pick him out, and you don't have to run him down. Amen. They're suitable. Suitable. She suited me for 63 years, four months, and 13 days. That's, I believe I know a few things that I learned over those years. God is so good, stable. Watch what the Bible said in verse 20. And Adam gave names to all the cattle. Don't you imagine he'd look out there and say, now they've all got a mate. I don't have a mate. But God's working on things. And just remember, God's working on things for you. If you are with the Lord. Now, every person, I'm sure, is not to marry. But only God knows who that is. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowls of the air the every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And now nobody to love. Now nobody to love Adam, and he didn't have nobody to love. But you see, God, being the God that he is, wants the best for you. Amen. He wants the best for you. 
And sometimes it means you're going to have to wait. In most cases, the biggest problem we have is we get in too big a hurry. You know, because of circumstances that I won't share with you, I had to work hard. I didn't have time to run about all time. And as I look back, that's probably the best thing in the world for me because I might have got myself in trouble and I might not have met the woman that I really needed for all those years. Young men, don't get in too big a hurry. God will bring her to you in his own way. And I believe that with all my soul. If God created the heavens and the earth, and he did, and he's God, the stars cannot come out without God. The sun cannot shine without God. The moon cannot make a light without God. If God can do all that, surely that he's got somebody for you if you walk with God. Sure, yeah. Let him direct your life. Well, I like this next part. Look at verse 21. Sometimes it's good to get a nap, fellas. You might get a nap in one of these days and wake up and she might be right there. <laughs> I've been asleep a long time, but boy, when I saw her, I woke up. I want you to know, if you can't wake up when you really see her, don't marry her. you got to be, I mean, you just got to be struck like lightning. Oh, praise God. I like this, don't you? And the Lord God caused a deep sleep. Somebody said, isn't it amazing they can put you to sleep and do surgery on you? Well, God's the first one that did that. Look at him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. Now, when you're sleeping at night and you're dreaming all these dreams, just keep dreaming. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh and stood there all. That's something that God did surgery on Adam and took out one of his ribs. And you know what God did with that? He made woman. Well, I don't believe that, preacher, a minute. Well, you just don't believe the Bible. Well, what does that make me then? Makes you an unbeliever. You've got to believe the Bible by faith. If you're going to ever get anywhere, you're going to have to believe this Bible from Genesis 1 all the way through the 22nd chapter of the book of the Revelation. This book is the only book that does not have an error in it. And it will not mess your life up. But if you get away from this book called the Word of God, you're going to be in a mess. Don't ever... Walk away from this Bible. Regardless, if you go off to college now, they got these experts 
They're very foolish. We've had our young people go out to, uh, to school and they've been taught in good homes and some atheists will get a hold of them and tell them there's nothing to this matter called God. Next thing you know, they're marrying atheists. Let me tell you something, where it be you or where it be the one that you meet at some college or where it be a professor, when a person is an atheist, if they don't come to God and change their attitude and their mind about who God is and get born to the Spirit of God, they're going to hell, and if you follow them, that's where you go. Amen, preacher. That's right. And the rib, I'm verse 22. I'm just going line on line, verse on verse. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman. And I like this next statement. And brought her unto the man. There's nothing wrong for a young man to look for a good godly woman, good godly girl, but you better let God bring her to you. She might be a good godly girl, and she might still not be the one you need. Because you meet a good godly man, he might not be the one you need. But if God's in it, don't throw it overboard. Go with what God's got, and you'll never go wrong. Now, I'm going to tell you one thing, though. It won't be a perfect marriage because Adam fell in the garden. He followed Eve. She ate a forbidden fruit. Adam knew exactly what he's doing. Now, you don't have to agree with this, but this is what I'm going to say. I believe he must have really loved Eve because he partook of the fruit willingly and knew what he was doing. What about that? He knew what he was doing. He loved that woman so much that he said, she's disobeyed God. You get the wrong woman, and she'll lead you down the wrong road. You get the wrong man, he'll lead you down the wrong road. I don't think this can be stressed too much in our day. All right, watch it. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made a woman. And now, fellas, look at this. Girls, look at this. What did God do? And brought her unto the man. In the providence of God, that's what happened to me. It was providence. One of my cousins told me about my wife. And I told you about that last night if you were here. And how I met her. When I saw her the first time, I thought if, if that lady is as good as she looks, I'm going to pursue that a little bit. And I pursued it. And you know what? 
I believe God brought her to me and I caught her. Amen. And she caught me. We loved one another. We were committed to one another. I was called to ministry after we married. But she committed herself to me as the head of the home. She was not the pastor, and she knew that. When we left, when we left Georgia and came to Kingston, I moved her out of a new house. I did that twice. Got her so nervous she didn't ever want to move in a new house hardly because she thought if I do, we're going to leave the church. And what we did in two occasions, we killed big rats where we went. As we moved out of them two houses, they called me and wanted me to come to Kingston. And I went to Calvary Baptist Church. Isn't that a good name? Amen. Calvary Baptist Church. And when I got there, we went to look at the parsonage they had, and I could tell she wasn't as thrilled over that as she was where we lived. So I asked her what she thought. She said, well, I don't know. But I knew when she said she didn't know what she knew. <laughs> and so things went along, and they wanted to call me as pastor and I don't think there's nothing wrong with this. I said to Sue, I said, what do you think? She said, well, I'm going to tell you what I think. I really don't want to move. She said, I don't want to leave my family. I don't want my kids to leave their grandparents. I don't want to leave my sisters, my mom and dad behind. And you know what she did? She looked me straight in my eyes, and she said, but whatever God wants us to do, that's what we need to do. Whatever God wants us to do. And you know, that was the best move we made probably in all of our life. That work took off, and it went wide open. We couldn't hardly stay up with it. That has to be God. Follow the Lord, young people. Follow the Lord. Husbands and wives, follow the Lord. Amen. We're not doing too bad. I'm talking about time now. The preaching may not be too good, but we're not, being, we're not, too, we're not too bad on time. Okay, watch this. So, young men... Wait till he brings her to you. Young ladies, wait till he brings you to it. Now that don't mean you're not ever supposed to smile at one. All right, watch it. I'm in verse 23. You know, Eve is a type of the church. She's a type of the bride. The woman in the house. The woman in the house should be the queen. I taught my boys that. I taught my boys, you don't ever disrespect your mother. I'm 
mean, they knew that, and you know what? They treat their wives right. Some men are reared in homes that the daddy runs over the mother. And they grow up, and they get married, and they think that's what they're supposed to do. If you have ever had that thought, you need to get it out of your mind, sir. Men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Why would I want to put my wife off somewhere and go preach? I believe God had took his hand off of me. Jesus Christ will never forsake his church. America may go down and it looks like we're headed down, down, down. But Jesus Christ will never forsake us. I'm taking time. I believe this needs to really get a hold of us. Verse 23 said, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. And what God does when that marriage and you two come together, you become bone of her bone and flesh of her flesh. If you're a man and you mistreat your wife, you're mistreating yourself. If you're a lady, and you mistreat your husband, you're mistreating yourself. The woman, the man, should give himself to his wife. And I understand now. And the wife should give herself to her husband. I'm talking about physical now. I'm talking about in every sense. And I know as I preach this and I teach this, that there's always the bounds of health and matters of that case. But if a man can mistreat his wife when she is carrying his baby, there's no man to him. Amen. I don't know, but I'm just a plain country boy, and I don't know of any way to speak it, but just the way it is. And I'm not as hard as the preacher. I've heard him preach. Of course, he's a lot smoother than I am, so I, I can't be like he is. Everybody said amen, didn't they? Isn't that the way it is? All right. Flesh. Look at verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. Now, boys, when you get married, you've married a woman, you're to look after her. You're to leave your father and your mother. That don't mean you're not to go back home. That don't mean you're not to look after them if they're sick. That don't mean you're not supposed to visit them. But that does mean that your responsibility is your wife. And that's true after you get married, not just when it just starts. All the way through, 
Right? So when you take on that role, be sure you're ready for it. And young lady, when you commit yourself to him, don't run home to mama every time you disagree. When mama keep your mouth out of their business unless it's an absolute necessity. I've seen a lot of in-laws wrecked homes. Yes, sir. My mother-in-law loved me like she did the sons. I kidded her a little bit and told her, I took Sue off your hands. We, I loved her and she loved me almost as much as I did my mother. I believe that's the way it ought to be. If they'll let you. And you will love them. That's God's plan. That's God's way. Therefore shall a man leave and cleave. You know what it means? It means you're glued together like glue. Leave and cleave. Don't get in too big a hurry. But when you know you've got the right one, go for it. I didn't get in a hurry once I found the right one. <laughs> I met her in the fall and married in the summer. Only reason I didn't marry her then, she, I was waiting until she graduated. <laughs> I met her in the fall, I'd have married her at Easter. <laughs> and if I couldn't have got her at Easter, I'd have married her the first of the year. You know, I was in love with that woman and still am. She's my wife. Bless her heart. She suffered. Bore me four good sons. Looked after them. I want to tell you something. I didn't I told the pastor this. I really don't think I spend enough time with my boys. They all doing doing well. They work hard. They all got, as far as material things, they got all they need more to. But I should have spent more time with them. I believe if I had, it would have fulfilled my responsibility more. Now listen to me, young men. I believe if we walk with God that we've got adequate time to spend with our wife as men and she's got adequate time to spend with us I believe if we walk with God we got the adequate time to spend with our children I love children and I got in the children's home business and, and God I believe put me in it and a lot of times I'd, I feel like I neglected Made my own kids. I didn't mean to. I loved them. They knew I loved them. But that can happen to you. And men, don't just, boys, don't just tell her you love her the day you marry her and then forget not, forget it and don't never tell her again. Well, I told, you know, sometimes you counsel people. You ever tell your wife you love her? No, I told her when I married her, wasn't that enough? 
Two things you need to get. Girls, you need to get this. This is why you need to dress modest. I'm going to give you something right now. Man, because of the way God made him, operates through the eye gate. And you might see a beauty, but she might just be beautiful outside and mean as the devil on the inside. And girls, if you're not advertising, don't try to show your flesh to a young man. Because when you do, you may think there's nothing to it, but he looks at you through the eye gate, and if you think that don't bother a man, you just don't know a man. If he's a man, that's right. But I'm not finished now. Now, fellas, I want to tell you something. You know what the girls like? They like that sweet talk. And girls, don't let him sweet talk you into something that you know is wrong. Because if you're not careful through the ear gate, because he's a man and he's the aggressive one, and he'll have you in trouble. And the next thing you know, you'll, you don't intend for it to happen, but you'll be committing fornication. And you sin against your own body. Amen. You need, when you get married, the sweet talk to your wife every day. I preached this some, and I heard some ladies after I got through preaching it said, I wish you'd have preached a little bit more on that sweet talk. I like it. <laughs> That's right. That's the way God made us. There's nothing wrong with that. And I tell you what, if you treat her right to the day, things will be all right in your love life. But if you run over her in the day and then want to be a concubine at night, that's not going to work, fellas. Amen. There's a lot of men marry women and they just use them like a concubine. If you don't know what that means, look it up. <laughs> you still with me? Everybody awake? <laughs> Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. I want to say this again. If I hurt Sue, I was hurting Ray. If Sue hurt me, she is hurting Sue. That's the way it is, men. That's the way it is, ladies. So we ought to, we ought to work at that matter. Now, I will warn you one thing because of the fall. I don't care who you marry, fellas. 
you're going to marry a sinner. I'd hope she'd be a sinner saved by grace. Because you're both going to need a lot of grace. Ladies, I'm telling you, when you marry a man, he's going to be at his best when he's seeing you, probably, unless he's really spirit-filled. A lot of people don't pay no mind to that, but that's a fact. And, young man, just remember that I cover this. See, I got off track. Young men and young ladies, it works both ways. You marry a young man, you married a sinner. You better do your best to make sure that he's a sinner saved by grace. And if he don't walk with God, he might even be saved. But he's going to be troubled. And if you don't walk with God, you know what's going to happen? You don't walk with God, there's going to be trouble. I don't know what I ought to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. You know the closest Sue and I ever come to separating? We went to church one day. She was young. When she was really good, she just filled her role. And she told me when she got home, because it was somebody in the church was kind of a busybody. That's what the pastor's wife has to put up with. And she said, I told so-and-so, so-and-so today. I said, what? She said, I told so-and-so, so-and-so today. I said, so you probably shouldn't have done that. Preacher, you know what she said? She said, well, right, I tell you what. I could leave. I said, I tell you what, if you're going to leave, I'm going to pack my clothes up going with you. Yeah. I told her that. That's the truth. And we both got to laughing, and we laughed about that all the way through our marriage from then on. I don't think she is serious because she had Prince Charming. Why would she want anything <laughs> Praise God. Isn't it wonderful? I'm going to wrap this up. You're ready to go, and I don't know. I'm sure you ought to be. All right. Turn to Hebrews. I need to be purity in marriage. Well, I need to read. You may want to stay there in Genesis just a minute, but I'm going to finish this up. Verse 25. The Bible said, and they were both naked, talking about Adam and Eve, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I'm going to tell you this old pornography and all that junk that men's looking at, some women, one of the worst things in the world that's ever come to this country. I'm in the 13th chapter of the book of Proverbs, and I'm in verse 4. Now, regardless of what anybody tells you, the Bible said this, marriage is honorable in all. Don't forget, it's honorable, it's good when you meet your mate, if God wants you to marry. And the bed is undefiled, which the relationship sexually between husband and wife, God approves of that, and that alone. Nothing other than that 
for a man or a woman to break the marriage file and step out on their partner, their married partner, they've committed a great sin. And I don't know that they'll ever completely get over it, but God forgives all sin if people will come repenting. I know good people. And I won't go down that road because I don't want to bother that. I do want to finish this up. We better listen to this. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Amen. And that's what God's doing now. You may look at people in this country that's living immoral lives, and it may look like they're getting by with it. They may have millions and even billions of dollars, but they will be judged. Right. Right. We've got you young people, God bless your hearts. You can do right, but it's not going to be as easy as it was when I was growing up because I didn't have nothing compared to get into that you all had to get into. So be careful with your life. Keep yourself on the altar. Keep yourself in the Bible. And when you need counsel, don't go to somebody that's got a filthy mouth and is ungodly. Go to a godly woman or godly man and talk to them. Preferably, you go to your pastor. You can't go to your mom and dad. And moms and dads need to instruct their children. I'm going to go a little farther this thing right here because I know some things that I think people need to know. It's good we eat little children when they're babies. Have them in the bedroom, but as they grow up, they should have their own bedrooms. Mom and dad should have theirs. I know in cases like this, where it has broke up the family and committed, men's committed adultery. I mean, good men. I'm getting pretty plain, and I never want to get too plain in the pulpit with mixed congregation, but you're old enough and you've seen a lot more than I've talked about tonight. If you've got a TV, most of that's pornography anymore. Pastor, I think I'm done. I want you to come. What you heard tonight was a man of God preach the Bible. Yes, sir. Preach the Bible. I like what he said there at the end, too. I had one, somebody, somebody one time said something to me. They said, I didn't like what you said. Oh, it's inappropriate. I said, I probably made you serious. You didn't watch television all the time. Right, yeah, right. Ask God to help you find the right one. Ask God to bring to you 
the right one. Mamas and daddies, you play a big role in who your kids end up marrying. Don't act like you don't. You do. As arrows in the hands of a mighty man, so are children. Listen to me. You moms and dads can point them and guide them. You got veto rights. They start talking the wrong one. You throw a flag. Say, uh-uh, we're not doing that. That ain't the right one. Are y'all listening to me tonight? I know what I'm talking about. I got kids. I got young ones. I'm praying about. I want them to marry the right one. And Brother Sorrell preached this. Brother Sorrell preached this earlier in the year. You young people ought to be so in tune with God and so submitted to your parents that at any time they come to you and say, she's not the right one, he's not the right one, you say adios amigo and walk away. Amen. Let God, let God bring her and bring him into your life. And I can tell you from experience, I haven't been married as long as he has. <clears throat> Me and Miss Grace have been married 26 years. I thank God for my wife. She's the kind of wife to me that he's talking about his wife being him. I would not be your pastor tonight if God hadn't sent that woman to me. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Might need to get in the altar and pray a little bit. You mind the Lord tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our home is under attack. Our home is under attack. Social media, pornography, the news, everywhere you go, women are walking around half-dressed. Preacher said it tonight, you ladies, if it's not for sale, quit advertising it. You ought to be interested in dressing godly, looking modest and godly. Keep yourself unspotted from the world. Boys, keep your eyes off the things you ought not to be looking at. Ask God to help you stay pure. You can walk down that marriage Walk down that marriage aisle, that wedding day, clean, virtuous. Keep yourself, save yourself for that wife, that husband. Give them all of your heart. Don't give it to the devil. Don't give it to the world.